0: from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Heavenly Father, this morning we just want to thank you for the opportunity that we've got to just look into your word together. We pray, Lord, that you might just open it up for us, that we might see something this morning that we perhaps haven't seen, that we might just grasp a little bit more the depth of your love, and that, Lord, I pray that this morning, too, that you would speak through me, that, Father, you would use me, and that, Lord, the words that come from my mouth would be a blessing, Lord, that they might be from your word, and, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would lift us up, that you would build us up, build us together as your church. Father, all of these things we ask in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So Luke chapter 22, verse 47 through 53, very interesting verses. Something in here that I haven't seen before. Who's read these verses before? Don't stick your hand up. Well, you didn't, so. <laughs> A little bit of audience participation is essential. If you're new to us this morning, you will be judged if you don't say amen at the right opportunity. <laughs> That's not true, it's not true. These, these are all nice, it's just me. So here, I wanted to ask us a little bit of a, a question. Um, there's a guy in this passage of scripture, he's not mentioned in this bit of Luke, which I've never seen before, and I've decided that actually we're all a little bit like him. We're all a little bit like a guy called Maltius. Anybody seen this guy before? When you think of uh, a character beginning with M in the Bible, there's like Matthew, Mark. See what I did there? Mary. Martha. Melchizedek. Nobody's ever gone. Oh, Malchus. Anybody know where Malchus is? Where he comes from? Who is he? He's an interesting guy. And hopefully this morning, as we just unlock this portion of Scripture, we might see something that uh, perhaps we've not seen before. I'm sure you know this part of Scripture quite well, as Jesus is arrested. Um, Jesus is with his disciples. He's praying. They're sleeping. Yeah, he's praying. They're sleeping. And Judas is off scheming. Jesus is absolutely fully aware that the time has come that he is going to have to go to the cross. He knows his mission. And nobody, but nobody, but nobody is going to derail that mission. In fact, it's impossible. It would be impossible. It is completely impossible. It is impossible to derail the mission of God, God's salvation plan. So Jesus knew what was coming. And it's interesting that as we pick up this portion of scripture and we're just plucking it out this morning, but he's in a garden. He's in a garden. Now, I don't know whether you've ever thought about this, but actually when you look at Jesus and you look at gardens, they're quite significant. I like the word significant. We've, we've had this before, haven't we? Yes, it's significant. Why is he in a garden again? You see, when we put scripture together, when we piece scripture together, it's in a garden that sin entered the world. It's in a garden that Jesus was betrayed. And it's in a garden that Jesus was buried. And that matters. It's worth a look because we see consistency and we see these redemption circles that Jesus has plotted out for you and me, that God has plotted out for us. A redemption circle. Sin is here and God is doing all that he has to do to get us right back to here, where he's perfect. Sin crept in here. We've got to go all the way back round to get back to perfection. And God's perfect redemption plan is set out here in a garden. We saw it right at the beginning of Scripture. We see it now in the New Testament as we understand the life of Jesus Christ. And here, Jesus, I guess, close to the middle of night, he knows that he's about to get arrested. And God in his absolute grace and mercy allows this to happen now you have to think about that because God in flesh Jesus Christ came down off his throne born in a stable not many months away we'll start thinking about that in fact if you've been into Wilco's it's every chance you bought some Christmas cards and thought get them all the cheap just me isn't it yeah okay <laughs> I was the sucker <laughs> but Jesus gave up all that glory to come down to planet Earth, to humble himself as a man and all the weakness that we have as humans. And here God allows Jesus to be arrested in the depths of night with a bunch of blokes with swords and clubs. And actually Jesus speaks and they all fall flat on the back. And they get back up. And it's like God just allows this. He allows the, the depravity of man to take Jesus. You see, what we have to grasp in this situation is that Jesus has a mission. And regardless of what people thought, particularly Peter, as we'll unlock, Peter thought that can't happen. It's not going to happen. Jesus already said to him, get behind me, Satan. He has no idea what's going off. You're not going to derail me. I don't care what's going off in your head, Peter. What matters is the end outcome. Do you know what he said? He said, what matters is Liz. What matters is Aubrey. What matters is Tracy. What matters is Charlie. And he says this to you and me this morning, that you matter, you matter. And because you matter, that Jesus allowed himself to be arrested. But in this moment, in this travesty, in this awful situation, we get an incredible little story. And you can easily read over it. You see here, as they approach Jesus at night with clubs and swords... Jesus is betrayed by Judas with a kiss. And you see what Jesus says to him. Judas, verse 48, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? I mean, how bad can you get? Are you betraying him with a kiss? And when, verse 49, when Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them, Peter, Simon Peter. One of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. Do you know what his name was? Malchus. John eighteen verse fourteen tells us uh, that he is Malchus. He is uh, sorry. John eight verse uh, eighteen verse ten. A man of of uh, Caiaphas he is the high priest's servant the high priest called Caiaphas of that year his name was Caiaphas and you know what Caiaphas interesting. in John 18 verse 14 that's why that verse came to me John 18 verse 10 is where you find Malchus John 18 verse 14 it, it, Caiaphas says this he says it would be good this is the high priest it would be good if one man died for the people it would be good if one man died for the people. How wrong he was, yet how right he was. Amen? Think of the gospel this morning. How wrong was Caiaphas that this man, God in flesh, perfect, he knew no sin. And Caiaphas said it would be good for one man to die for the people. And God, as he's made that tapestry in perfection, shows us this morning that even through the sin of Caiaphas, even through the sin of the Jewish people, that God brought about his redemption plan for you and for me. And that church is what we celebrate. That church is why we come on a Sunday and we rejoice and we sing praise to him because he is worthy of our praise. Amen? Amen. So this man, Malchus, he gets his ear cut off by Peter. And I want to ask the question, why? Why does God allow that? Why? Now you're all thinking, well, it's there. We never question it. Oh, I've got a question. It's the way I'm wired. Question it. Why is it there? What is the point? God is God, Jesus is here, God in flesh, yet he allows Peter to draw his sword, he allows Peter to cut off the man's ear, and then what does Jesus do with that? He says, no more, verse 51, no more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. It's just in there, you read over it, but it is so very important. You see, because in that moment, The enemy of Christ, Maltius, an enemy of God, receives healing and is restored. He receives healing and he is restored. Luke 22 and verse 51 there. Why has God allowed such a thing? Well, Church this morning, I believe it points so clearly to the gospel. And God, in his infinite wisdom, in his sovereignty, in the plan for you and me, has said, in this moment, this moment that brings about darkness and sadness, I'm going to bring about healing and restoration to one of my enemies. And that's just a picture of what's about to come for the whole of mankind. That you and I, just like Malchus, enemies of God, we are sinners. You didn't think you were going to come to church and get called a sinner this morning, did you? Sorry about that. But as we have sinned, the Bible tells us for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And as we've sinned, we've separated ourselves from God. And God says, look, I am going to bring about my redemption plan for you, even though you are my enemy. And in that moment, Malchus receives grace. He receives mercy in its fullest measure that he's brought about back into how he was before Peter struck off his ear. And Romans 5 verse 8 says this to us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While, Matthew, you were just like Maltius, while you were out to defeat me, to try and have a way in such that you have nothing to do with me, while you were pursuing a life in the opposite direction to me... I sent Jesus for you. You don't deserve him. You couldn't earn him. There is nothing that I could do. But by God's grace, he has sent Jesus Christ to bring about healing and restoration in my life as I've accepted Christ as Savior and in your life if you've accepted Christ as Savior. And the gospel is so simple. The gospel is that we hear the good news about Jesus Christ. And when we hear that good news, we say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Please come into my life and change me from the inside out. Lord, I can see that there is nothing that I could do. But because of your grace, because of Jesus, because of the cross, I have an opportunity at life. John, uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 is where God hatches his rescue plan. His rescue plan was promised all the way back in that garden in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And then just the beauty of scripture. Oh, you've got to look at gardens because it's exciting. John chapter 20, verse 1 through 16. Jesus is mistaken for somebody after he's risen. What's he mistaken for? The gardener think of the beauty in that, that God has hatched out a plan, which is to rescue people like you and me. And there in that garden, he is mistaken for the gardener. But in fact, in a garden, the savior won. Sin was defeated on the cross. Death was defeated because there Jesus was risen from the grave. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. Impossible. And there, Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, has given us life, and life to the fullest. You know, this morning, you might find yourself in a position where you can't even begin to think that you're anything like Mautius. But as I've given you the verse, Romans 3, verse 23, the Bible says we've all sinned. Sure, we might not be in a position where we're running at Jesus with uh, swords and clubs. But let me tell you this, that there is no in-between ground. God says, you're either for me or against me. And that's tough for us to hear. Because you might think, well, I'm a decent person. I don't really do a great deal wrong. I pay my taxes. I give a little bit to charity. I'm always nice. Not our charity. I mean, specifically charity. (laughs) She's like that. No, no. And you might think that you're nothing like Malthus at all. But you see, the truth is that we're all like him. If we don't accept Christ the Savior, we are his enemies. We are his enemies. And this morning we have an opportunity to come under that beauty and that grace and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Come into my heart and change me. It was in the garden, wasn't it? That Jesus won. And we have the opportunity this morning to allow Christ into our lives and to ask him to change us from the inside out. Let's just pray. Lord, we just want to thank you this morning for your word. We want to thank you, Lord God, that you have shown us something that perhaps that we would never see, that a man that was seeking after blood received grace, he received healing and restoration. And this morning, Lord, in humility, on bended knee before you this morning, Lord, we know that we've sinned. And Father, for those of us that have accepted you as our Lord and Savior this morning, all we can do is but give our thanks, knowing that you have done everything, that Father you're able, and indeed you have given us that opportunity at life. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus. And we pray this morning that the Holy Spirit would indeed move and convict lives and hearts, that, Father, people might recognize their need of you in their life. Lord, we just praise your name. We lift your name high. And we thank you, Father God, that even though we were your enemies, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise your name. We lift your name high. Amen.